Hello. Who are they? Not bad. How are you? Yeah, all right, thank you. A bit croaky. Yeah? But I'm okay. Excellent news. Shall we start? Or do you Let's, Let's start. Uh, welcome to the podcast that is and isn't about design. This is episode 92. I'm Jonathan Elliman, and on the other end of the line is Robert Turpin. Correct. You sound a little like Mariella Fostrup. <clears throat> In that husky way. Why, thank you. Exactly, yeah. Uh, have you got a drink? Is it yes, a lemon? No. No. <clears throat> the only way through a cold is alcohol. Yeah, good move. Um, no. What are you drinking? Uh, a Pilsner Urquil. Urquil. Okay. What did you have last week? Budvar, didn't you? Yeah, oh. I'm going for the Pilsners. Oh, they're, they're reasonably good value um, compared to trendy, you know, hipster beers. That's true. And they're just as good. Yeah. I've got a trendy. Better. I've got a trendy hipster beer. Uh, I've got a Phantasma, which is a gluten-free IPA, right, from the Magic Rock Brewery in Huddersfield. All right, um, and it's not a lovely uh, graphic design on the can, and it's quite a nice beer, but it's very you know it's very IPA. It's very hoppy, right? Which isn't my <laughs> preferred. I think IP, IPA also needs quite a lot of alcohol, doesn't it, to get mm. rid of that bitter taste? Um, it is six and a half. I've also got another beer, Rob. Should we try it? Should we try yes. it now? I okay. think you should. Make sure I'm recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My uh, uh, sister-in-law uh, brought back a um, a bottle of beer for dogs. So what? I thought Ralph could do a little review. <laughs> Marvelous. Right. So it's called Snuffle. <laughs> and it's this one's chicken flavoured, right? Um, hang on a second, I'll just open the open the bottle. Does R- Ralph not open his own beer? No, he's no good at it. Okay, I'm pouring it into the uh, his <laughs> water bowl. Uh, it looks like beer. Yeah. Oh man, it smells rancid. <laughs> <laughs> Does it smell like chicken stock? Yes, uh, like really bad chicken stock. There you go, Ralphie Roo. And here we go. Don't know if you can. Sounds hear that. like he's drinking. Oh, he's loving it. <laughs> Shit. There we go. So he uh, he gives that a an eight out of ten. Excellent. Is he going to get a bit leery now? <laughs> <laughs> well, he is a Jack Russell. True. No, it has zero percent alcohol. It is made in Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> is it reassuringly expensive? I don't know. It's free. Maybe that's what all the, the breweries should should do. Should branch out into um, well, they dog, might have to. dog beers. Um, made of dog. No. <coughs> oh. oh, I wouldn't do that to you. He's drinking the whole thing. Yeah. He's got a thirst on. Oh, it absolutely stinks. <laughs> <laughs> really nasty, Ralph. That's going to make your breath even worse than it oh, actually is. Nice. Oh, man. The little chicken farts. <laughs> How are you, Rob? I'm uh, not bad, actually. Yeah, yeah I was just uh, pausing to work out if I had any, you know, niggles, illnesses. Well, um, no, I'm uh, tickety-boo. Good. It's been uh, a nice, quiet week so far. We had a busyish weekend with a wedding. Um, we've got a week off this week, so we don't have to think about preparing anything for this coming weekend, which is nice. Um, yeah, so what about you? How's your week been? Um, yeah, well, two really, weeks since I last spoke to you. Uh, yeah, um, like just carrying on crazy busy. Um, and we, um, uh, what was I? You know, I've had a really bad cold, uh, and obviously saved it to be ill on Sunday. <coughs> so <laughs> I actually just took myself off to bed. I was feeling so rotten. Yeah. Um, but I had to get back to work Monday. Um, we've got so many bank holidays. They're so inconvenient for self-employed they people. Are, aren't they? <laughs> and, uh, cause, uh, obviously childcare goes, Awry. Um, of course, yeah. So, yeah, so inconvenient having children. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, no, I've been busy with that. I've been, uh, I went to a meeting yesterday. I, you know, I was planning to stop work in June. And yes. We're, we are, we are really running up to the rail, aren't we? Uh, I came back with, Eight about, days away. with about two months worth of work. Oh. Um, that is kind of joined to stuff I've been doing. Um, you know, I could say no, but 
I can't really turn down two months worth of work. No. You know, in the grand scheme of things, I really From can't. an existing client as well, it's even harder, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Easy to turn down new inquiries or easier. But uh, Yeah, I've been... Uh, there, it's, it's the kind of work I want to be doing after when I planned a break. So mm-hmm. um, it's even more stupid. Uh, if it was, you know, design or whatever, I've, I've knocked all those clients on the head. I've just, you know, st- straight up graphic design. I've either passed them on or just refused. Mm-hmm. But... Um, you know, if I can, if I can string together now, just web work, um, I might be able to, uh, might be able to, uh, <clears throat> move to where I want to be doing. So, or what I want to be doing. So, Good. um, yeah. And I had an, and then I had another uh, on the same day, uh, call from a client who had given me a deposit for a job and then paused the job and said, don't worry about the deposit. And that was just over eight, I think it was 18 months ago, February last year. Yeah. Um, and, uh, they've come back online and they want a meeting. They, cause they, um, a lot of the people, well, some of their, uh, directors, um, work abroad. They're only right. back in the summer for two days, which turn out to be the days that I'm meant to be going away. So, um, I had to rearrange that. So that's another job that's dropped into my, my <coughs> realm. So, uh, yeah. And then I've had another job inquiry today for another, existing client so it doesn't look like i'm going to be doing bugger all over summer blimey yeah <laughs> that's no good no but you know um life goes but good to be busy yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not you know i'm not that depressed about it um you know got to pay for life haven't you <laughs> absolutely you do indeed um yeah so i'm trying to think what else I've oh i've actually i've moved the computer off my uh, what is on my shall we do what, what is on my yeah, desk yeah, yeah, we, yeah. what's on my desk um is uh i've got space now i've moved two computer. i've only got one computer on there um and uh yeah and i've got a got a fountain pen that i found in the bottom of a drawer mont blanc no it's just a i think it's a sh- i think it's a schaefer mm-hmm. yes it's a schaefer um, which is my pet, my pen of choice at school. I, I love the Schaefers. They, they used to come with really trendy coloured tops, a bit like Swatch. Do you remember yeah. them? No. We just had Byros up north, John. No, you didn't. Do you know, when I went to prep school, we actually had dip pens. Did you? Made <laughs> yeah. from swans quills. No, they were actually, they were plastic. Um, and they had a, like, a metal tip, but you had to go, you had an inkwell and you had to go to uh, yeah. a com- com room to get your inkwell filled up. <laughs> That's not a euphemism, is it? No, I, <laughs> um, you, no. Um, I, I love I love pens, and um, I don't write with one often enough. Mm. And it's, it's a really beautiful one, and a really nice. It's kind of you know like a a Mont Blanc shape, so it's quite yeah, a fat barrel. Fat. They're nice, aren't they? Yeah, it just feels so nice when you draw with yeah. them or, or, or write with them. So is it going to prompt um, you to write more by I'd hand? Like, I'd like to write more by by hand. I I found myself doing um, just almost. I'm completely paperless, you know, I, and I yeah. don't even plan stuff now, paperless, which um, is not good for the soul, I don't think. And I'm going to start being more, I used to plan everything on paper and I mm. think it's better to visualize and to also just see, see where you're going with things. Um, you know, when I'm talking like, like sort of site architecture or designs or yeah. whatever, um, even though you, you're, you know, we're more and more designing in a kind of, in a, you know, a boundless space. Um, it's really hard to get, it's really hard for clients to get their heads around, you know, that kind of responsive thing or what we call responsive, but it's actually just like, you know, a a page that could be eight foot wide or 300 pixels narrow. It's, um, it's really, really tricky to visualize, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I I imagine setting things out on, on paper is a, is a, a more natural way of getting your head around stuff. Yeah. I mean, you always see these videos of people actually doing, um, you know, where they've got large budgets, they can do sort of um, demos and, mm. you know, design patterns and all this kind of stuff. I just don't, don't have the time. I don't, you know, don't have the time. I'm straight into production, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, straight after the design, you don't have really time to play around with it. I find I have to do it in the job and um Yeah. Everyone wants everything straight away. <clears throat> True. So anyway, that's that's me. Um, uh, yeah, uh, leisure-wise, um, not not really much. I've been obsessing a little bit about fr- by um, Francis Bacon, not the seventeenth-century philosopher, but the twentieth-century painter. Yeah, I watched a film um, 
of his uh, about him called Love is the Devil. Yeah, um, I watched that at school or right. art college. I can't remember which. It's fabulous. Uh, you've got a, quite a young Daniel Craig in it playing his... Um, is it Derek Jacobi in that? No. Derek Jacobi. It just, it, he's a, just a ringer for yeah. Francis Bacon. Yeah. Yeah, he's brilliant in it. And because they weren't give, given the permission to use any of his paintings, they use this amazing bit of um, camera work where they film through glasses and distort distortion like mirrors and stuff oh, like wow. that where they give you the impression of what he saw when mm. he was painting um yeah brilliant film and then now now i'm reading a biography of him which was by one of his sort of protégés <coughs> called uh, a chap called michael pepiat yeah who's a art historian and it's called francis bacon anatomy of an enigma and yeah thoroughly enjoying it what a life he had yeah absolutely love uh francis bacon got um at least three books next to my desk on Bacon. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's fan. very easy to think of him as a kind of almost like a Emperor's New Clothes kind of artist because in terms of his his ability to draw, you know, he, he couldn't draw um, and he was not interested in drawing, but he committed himself to being an artist. Mm. And I think, you know, when you see a lot of really famous artists or, um, you know, masters as they are called they become they become almost it's almost like branding themselves isn't it um, yeah that he actually lived such a life that he became an artist you know he, he yeah i don't know what i'm saying here but yeah it's really it's, that's i find that bit of it really fascinating that to, that to become that kind of confident and to be able to sell yourself as a as an artist and not as an illustrator or a designer because he started off designing furniture um, yeah he, he he did just throw himself wholeheartedly into everything about being an artist didn't he the, the lifestyle the kind of bohemian lifestyle in soho and you know you couldn't have it kind of ticking off cliches of an artist's life in some ways but incredible yeah yeah, yeah what a life yeah so i really recommend the film mm. <clears throat> um yeah what about you what have you been up to uh, tits, right? <clears throat> Had uh, blue tits nesting in the garden, and they fledged yesterday, which is really quite stressful. If you've got um, these tiny little birds that kind of flap out of the bird box, and then they're just kind of stumbling around the garden, and there's you know there's cats and there's magpies flying around, and you feel very paternal towards them. And one of them got stuck in a in a couple of flower crates so I had to get it out and so you kind of sat there with this tiny little thing in, in your hand that weighs practically nothing you can hear its heart beating it's like well what do I do with it <laughs> where do I put it that it's where it's going to be safe and you just kind of have to put it down and trust that nature will <clears throat> do its thing and then today they're all up in the oak tree chirping away all quite happy which is pretty delightful Oh, well, I think ours have hatched now um, yeah. because they've gone from visiting sort of once every maybe seven to ten minutes. Um, it's now every few minutes. Just in and out all the time, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, can't hear, can't hear anything though, but yeah. Um, yeah, don't I don't want to get too close. It was a few days, maybe five or six days before we started hearing them cheeping after we thought they'd hatched. So yeah, um, maybe a few more days yet. Yeah, I was looking at sort of 16 days mm. um to incubate and then 16 to 24 days to hatch. Yeah, I uh, think to, I was, I was definitely, on, yeah, I was definitely on the, the low side of that to fledge. I got some brilliant, a uh, brilliant sort of slow mo. Yeah, shot I saw of some one of that coming out. Yeah, I, was, I, I took a, I put it, I actually put the camera on a tripod <clears> and filmed it at 60 frames per second. Yeah. Um, if I'd have tried that, I was actually just testing out my iMac and, uh, you know how it can deal with video. Mm. Um, it took four 4K. It would just render rend- on my last computer. It couldn't do 4K at all. It just wouldn't. You know, yeah. you, it would just juddered and you couldn't see it. And this thing rendered it on the fly, literally without skipping a heartbeat. And even you know, it didn't even fa- the fans didn't even come on. I mean, it was only a <laughs> short film. Uh, but the um, and then I had to install Chrome uh, Monday. I think it was and. Whoom, the fans yeah <laughs> just started up have you uh have you tried out uh Microsoft's edge I have that's I've got that in the news for about oh, later. okay we'll yeah. come back to that and right. talk about that in a sec uh, the other thing I've been doing this week is I've started a patreon page I saw so tell me more tell me more for those who don't know patreon is a 
it's it's a kind of like a little social media community type thing, but people have to subscribe to access your content. Or at least you make most of your content subscriber only. You can make some stuff public, I guess, to give people a taste of what you're doing on the page. Uh, and a bit like Kickstarter, you can create different tiers of subscription or membership um, at different monthly rates. So I've got three three tiers on mine, which give people kind of a, a different level of sketch. Um, but I'm the I, I I've been thinking about it for a few quite a while about starting one up, and I couldn't really think how to how to do it because I like putting my stuff on social media and Instagram and stuff, and I think that's a nice way to kind of grow an audience. And I thought, well, if I put it on Patreon, am I going to just going to have to produce new content, or am I just going to have to stop putting stuff elsewhere? And then uh, Ian McHugh actually sent me a message because um, he started a Patreon page, and he suggested that I could uh, do it with my weird field world spaceships. And someone else had mentioned that to me a while ago. Um, so I kind of gave it a bit of thought and figured it'd probably work to kind of contain that whole world-building project within Patreon. So I launched, uh, I don't know, two or three days ago, um, and it's gone quite well. So I'm, I'm planning to post sketches and final illustrations there and maps and some written background and fiction um, and turn that into the place that all that stuff will exist. So it's quite exciting. And I think uh, kind of having a, it's not like having a deadline, but having a something that you, you have, you know, these people have paid for content, so you have to produce it. I think for me that'd be quite good because it it kind of forces my hand to uh, to dedicate myself to producing more in that world. I think that's a I think it's a really good idea. I, I can't believe you haven't done it sooner. Silly sod. Mm-hmm. Well, it's quite weird because you have to kind of think about a not like a strategy, but you kind of have to think how you're gonna because there's a narrative to this. Yeah, but doesn't like, that 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 just make sense for you creating a, a series of stories? Yeah, and actually drives you on to actually do it. Yeah, yeah, which is fantastic because there's so much richness in that world, isn't there? That you've spoken about. Hope so. <clears throat> Well, I will be joining when I, uh, uh, what? I'll give you it all for free, John. <laughs> hey, you got to support your fellow man, haven't you? Uh, but, um, but yeah, it's gone well. I think I've got 30-odd subscribers That's very so good. far. So I think my aim is, I think you kind of got a way to get 100 mm-hmm. and, you know, bring in kind of two, $250 a month. And then I think you can kind of think, well, you know, that's a couple of days yeah. solid that I can be producing content um, and it kind of makes it worthwhile so fingers crossed yeah yeah well, all uh, the best for that to what, what's the, what's the um, URL so people it's can just find pa- it patreon.com forward slash this northern boy oh right okay so and we'll put that in the show notes yeah mm, absolutely excellent stuff well, yeah. excellent stuff um, what else have I been doing what oh, I haven't been doing lately is reading I'm right. really struggling to read uh huh have you tried um, books yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> I find it really difficult to make time. It's not that I don't have the time, but it's like finding the time or putting aside time just to read. I find really difficult. Okay, so you read? I read in bed. Yeah. Wait, when do you, don't you read in bed? I used to read on the commute all the time. Um, But actually, uh, I haven't got a a good enough... um, Bedside light to read in bed. Oh, come on. No. Okay, I'll give you a bed, bedside light. <laughs> you, need, you, uh, you have a Kindle. <laughs> I could get like, a Kindle, couldn't I? Um, the, Thinking about uh, getting a miner's lamp. <laughs> or one of those headlight, headlight lamps that mm. you put around your head. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I do. And I, I think it's really, for me, it's really important. And it's uh, it's a good little brain turn off from family life yeah uh, i can't read downstairs because it's impossible because there's normally things too much thrown at on. me or whatever yeah. um so yeah bed is the one and i am um, uh yeah and if i can i'll get up early and read for an hour or so mm. um 
Yeah, it depends on the book, I guess. But yeah. I, I do read a lot a year. Yeah, I used to, and I've really, really slowed down. I'm, um, I've got a little stack of books that I need to get through. Mm. I want to get through. Don't need. Yeah, to. I mean, mine's all. Mine's all. It's all fiction generally, unless yeah. it's an art. Unless it's art book, I very rarely read anything design oriented or no. manuals anymore or anything like that. Mm. I just don't have time or interest really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's brilliant for. A, design podcast isn't it um but i think it's quite important if you are if you do work in design to not become obsessed about it yeah and we'll also to, to read more broadly than just blogs and design books yeah mills and boone yeah um Ju- judy Miss, bloom mr men <laughs> i read a lot of mr men <laughs> <laughs> do you read uh have you read much judith kerr no, she passed away today. She did. Or, t- yeah. or this week. Um, oh, we've got a couple of her books, yes. Mm. Uh, the Tiger Came to Tea. Yeah. Uh, never really got that one. Um, and then Mog, Setting mm. Fire to a House at Christmas, which <laughs> Kitty really liked. <laughs> the Mog book's fantastic. I remember when my mum was a child, I used to read some of the Mod book, Mod, Mog books Yeah, to the kids she looked after. I thought they were fab. She was saying on the radio tonight, obviously she wasn't saying on the radio, but it was a recording of her t- talking about when she did... Uh, did make a Mog book that Mog, the actual cat, would always come and sit on her lap. Oh. But only when she was making a Mog that's book. That's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> Magic. But yeah. Fabulous, uh, fabulous artist. Yes, absolutely. Uh, have you got anything else uh, from this week or should we move into news? Uh, should we jump back to um, yeah. Microsoft Edge? Yes. Um, so Microsoft traditionally made uh, Internet Explorer, which hasn't been on the Mac for a very, very long time. Um, I think maybe the year 2000, something like that. Was it Internet Explorer 5? Uh, on maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I was and, a big and, fan when I first got on Mac. I thought it was the best. Was it was the best browser. Um, yeah. And it looked in, great. On the old, um, on old, um, what was it called? System 9. System 9, yeah. Uh, yeah, it looked really good and it rendered pages pretty well, but, oh, well, as well as all the others did. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been missing, but it's now previewed back on the Mac. I've been trying it out, actually. Um, so it's Chrome-based, isn't it? It is literally Chrome. I mean, mm. uh, but it's much, much, it's really, really snappy, really fast at processing So, so they've, they've built the Mac version really taking into account the Mac hardware, haven't they, apparently? Oh, I don't know. I haven't read anything yeah. else about it. Yeah. Um, I don't know much. I don't know the specifics of that. But um, I think that's one of the things they're touting is that it's it's very much built for Mac, the Mac right. version, rather than just being a simple port. It, <laughs> it's a browser. But increasingly, we are using browsers more and more. And I've yeah. actually found myself, I use Firefox um, over all the other browsers at the moment, I I, mainly because of the developer tools in it are just yeah. so good and so easy to look at um, new technology like Grid. Um, you can visualize it. I just use Safari, but I don't really need it for anything but browsing the web. Yeah, uh, Chrome is just, uh, you know, it's crap. Um, But um, yeah, Microsoft, I think it's it's running as Canary at the moment. It's a yellow E icon. Uh, So who knows what the icon will will end up as? Um, But yeah, it's 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 interesting, isn't it? These kind of I was talking about text editors last time, and I like these. I like these. uh, You know, the apps that you use every day. Um, and there's always a choice between, you know, like email apps and calendar apps and to-do apps. Yeah. It's always interesting seeing what people use. Um, <coughs> I, I've been hunting around for a, t- uh, a font manager uh, yeah. recently because I've given up on They all seem terrible now. Yeah. Well, I've got, I bought one, um, that I've used that isn't, doesn't drive me absolutely mental, What's but it that? still drives me mad. It's called typeface. Okay. Um, the icon of it is a fox. Um, right quite nice it's nicely designed but it's still got this weird kind of it's trying all i want to do is create a folder drop some fonts in it and mm. activate the, f- the folder <laughs> that's it right <clears throat> but this thing tries to you know it tries to preempt what you're selecting um but it is it is quite good you can put in um things like uh google fonts and um adobe fonts and okay it will so you automat- can use sync type kit stuff yeah 
Yeah, which is nice. Yeah. It'll only on Typekit it only syncs um, ones that you've activated, mm. but on the actual Google fonts you can download all of the font package okay. to your to your hard drive. Um, so so far so good, um, and it's meant to have auto activation, which is now a system wide activation on uh, Mac OS, uh, but I haven't seen it work yet. <laughs> That's a good idea, though. Yeah, yeah. So you don't need to put plugins into all the other apps. It just yeah. does it at a system level. And what's that called again? Just typeface? Typeface, yeah. Okay. I think it's British. Um, cool. I might have to look that up. I certainly paid in. In in pounds? Yeah. But you sound like Nigel Farage. Well, I'll only, I'll only, pay, I'll only pay things if they are <laughs> in dirty foreign sterling. money. Sterling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you mentioned uh, text editors a minute ago. Yeah. Uh, and you used to be a user of Coda. Yep. From the Panic Studio. And they've branched out. So they already made serious software, and then they branched out into games with Firewatch and Untitled Goose Game or something it's called. Um, but they've uh, they've now branched out into hardware. Uh-huh. So um, they have produced a games, a handheld games console. I saw Well, it. it's coming soon. Uh, and it's a dinky little thing. Yeah. Um, and it's very much its own little universe. It's, you know, it's not going to be playing, you're not going to be playing, um, you know, PlayStation games on it or Nintendo games on it. So it's called Playdate and it is a black and white games console. Um, and the games, so you buy it, I think it's $150 or £150, $150. And all of the season one games will be included with that so there's 12 games and there I think the games are kind of from people who make I assume they kind of make mobile games um, and it kind of <clears throat> we'll have to wait and see what the quality of the game's like but I think they're going to be quite innovative um, one of the weird things about this little bright yellow handheld games console is it's got a, a hand crank on the side yeah which obviously is going to work for a fishing game. I don't quite know what they're going to do. What they're going to use it for for other stuff. But it's quite a funky little thing. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think if it came with uh, the crank, is just I, I thought at first that was a to, like, to a, like a, a Trevor Bayliss kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, me too. That would be so cool. Yeah. Um, but it's just for you to move backwards and forwards on a mm. thing. Well, we, um, people are you know, it's like a. It looks like a square game and watch. Yeah. Um and it's a be- it's a really pretty looking little item. Um I don't screen know looks to be about the size of a credit card or something. Right, yeah, and it's and it's in kind of um e ink kind of yeah. stuff. It looks like it's black and white. Um well it's not it's grey and white really, mm. isn't it? Uh the winder I just get get rid of it. That's what I said. Get rid of it. Well it's it's, <laughs> it's almost it's as a if nice they, idea, but they asked stupid. twelve people to make games and one of them made a fishing game. Right. And they thought, Oh, Let's put a, a fishing reel on the side of it. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I like, it's getting a huge amount of love on oh, Twitter. Oh, I think it's really, really cute, isn't it? Um, would that fit in your pocket? I think. Yeah, I think it would. I think it's going to get scratched. It doesn't have any beveled edges, does it? Or, no. I haven't seen a, I've only seen a prototype of it. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 I applaud them. It's a strange direction for a software developer to go into, isn't it? But um, yeah. if it's a labour of love, then good for them. And they don't, you know, if they're making money on it, then. Well, it's uh, going to be released next year, right? Apparently, so mm. we'll see if it does. Great three D kind of little play thing that you can yeah, really nice. around with on it. Yeah, uh, where's that over? Panic, isn't it? Yes, uh, always doing play, odd things. Play dot date. Oh, nice. Oh yeah. <clears throat> what else you got for us? Oh, don't say that. I was miles away then. Um, <laughs> uh, BT. New, they've got a, a new logo's been announced. I saw this in. I saw it announced in the Guardian. Well, I didn't I'm going to pick you up on that already. They haven't announced a new logo. Right. They've announced a rebranding. Okay. The logo has obviously led that. So yeah. let's not fall into the trap that we always complain about people falling into the trap of. I stand corrected, but <laughs> all I mean is that yeah, I saw a news item pop up in the Guardian, and I saw the logo, and then I just thought. You know what? I'm just going to ignore this. So I didn't read any more of it. Um, I think I think it's a good idea for them to rebrand. I think their current branding is muddled and overly complicated yeah. and dated. 
And this will just strip things back um, to allow them to build a new platform for whatever it is they're going to be doing in the future. Well, that's it. I mean, they're no longer just a, a telephone company or, or even just a telephone and broadband company. You know, they do mobile, they do landline, broadband, uh, cable, TV, um, satellite stuff, interactive things. You know, that the, there's so much stuff that they do. You know, it makes sense for them to have a a single unifying logo. Yeah, I mean, I like, think this one in particular just looks like it's designed for TV to me. Right. It looks like a TV station's <clears throat> yes, logo. Yes, it's. I was going to say BBC. You know, they can just rely on that on mm. the three squares with the three letters in it, and away it goes. It's not. It's not trying to do anything too hard. You can see that it's fat enough for any kind of image to sit yeah. behind it, and or color or whatever. But um, no, I, I think it's I think it's about time they rebranded, and um, you know, I, I look forward to seeing what they what they come up with. Mm. Are you, are you, uh, do you have the similar thoughts, or well, has, yeah, has there no. been lots of outpourings? I have I've have literally I have purposefully ignored. <laughs> well, you <laughs> know what it. happens every time on social media that something rebrands, and the first thing people see is a logo. Everyone wades in and says, I can't believe they paid however much money yeah, for yeah, this. Yeah. Uh, it's atrocious. I could have done that in, uh-huh. you know, Microsoft Paint. Uh-huh. Um, and these, you know, there's some serious um, journalists, well, supposedly serious journalists, pulling out all these same arguments. Yeah. It's like, well, one, you know, this is, this is the tip of the iceberg. You know, that's not just, they haven't paid millions of pounds just for a black and white logo. You know, it's part of a whole rebranding project that'll have taken years. Um, and I think we, we, social media, the people on social media go through these phases. Everyone jumps on it, slags it off. And then a few days later, you get the same people saying, oh, I can't believe everyone's just jumping on this. And, uh, you know, once you see it in use, it's fine. Um, just, just hold your fire a bit and think before you start slagging off a logo. That's what I think. I like it. Yeah. It's, it's, it work, it's perfectly functional, isn't mm. it? And that's all it needs to be. There is such a big company. It's yeah. not, it's not as if they're going to rely on the logo no. to get their name out there. No. You know, and, and people will be saying, oh, why is it being awarded to some huge agency or wherever? But it will need an enormous amount of yeah. design resources put exactly. behind it, uh, to complete all of the different things they're doing. So yeah, yeah um, yeah, I think it's a good first step. I, I like it. Yeah. Manga. Um, you've never read a manga book? Um, no. Now you can go to the British Library. There's a, an exhibition on of Ooh. manga comics. I've um, never been to the British Library either. Oh, it's brilliant. Oh, no, it's at the British Museum. Is it? Oh, is it? <clears throat> I've got this wrong. Sorry. At the British Museum? Oh, uh, the British Museum, yeah. Yeah, that's me. Got it wrong. Sorry. The um, largest ever manga exhibition outside of Japan. How odd for it to be at the British Museum. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a comic is a comic, right? Yeah. You can't view a panel in isolation, can you? Or a series of panels. It's all about, I mean, and it, manga is <laughs> a big, wide genre, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how, how that pans out. Yeah. At my favourite museum as well, so yeah. well worth going to see. It, it will be interesting because obviously you can kind of analyse a panel on its own for kind of aesthetic qualities or style or how they look at certain how they represent certain things but but yeah it's it's not a medium that you would you would think about looking at like that is it you know you have to take the hole in and the, the story and the art as a whole thing anyway if you've been banging on to your ground about manga and how she should get into uh <laughs> Akira, then drag her along to the british museum yeah good plan on colossal I don't think we've mentioned Colossal for a while. Colossal.com. Um, there is a, an article about a Shanghai-based architecture firm called X Plus Living, and they designed bookshops for Zhongshu bookstores in China. Uh, and their latest one is absolutely breathtaking. It looks like a cross between Harry Potter and M.C. Escher. It's uh, it's all these kind of layered terraces of bookshelves and uh, beautifully symmetrical stairs linking them, and then it's got a mirrored ceiling, so the whole thing just kind of 
Yeah, it looks, looks incredible. These are renders, though, aren't they? No, no, this is real. All oh, right, yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's kind of like what you imagine, what how you dream a bookshop to be. Yeah, and there's this one where they have these kind of semi-conical, might even be like a graphic novel section. Actually, it is uh, these kind of semi-conical, kind of almost like Dalek-like bookshelves that merge into a, a mirrored ceiling, creating these incredible landscapes uh, for you to potter about in. Um, absolutely breathtaking. Um, I don't know how how much it makes you appreciate the books more, or maybe you're going to spend so much time in there you'll buy more. Um, but it's stunning, beautiful bit of interior design. Yeah. I think should be more of that. If you're into um, fighting fantasy books, we're always talking about. Well, yep. we've talked about a lot here. Uh, there's a f- fighting fantasy festival that you could go to. I heard about this. This is number three on an on a really nice old fashioned looking website. <laughs> <laughs> so on the 31st of August uh, this year, on a Saturday, you can go to Ealing, the University of West London, and they're putting they're celebrating 37 years of fighting fantasy books. Wow! Um, and Steve Jackson and Ian Livingston are going along. So if you want to get into that kind of thing. Russ um, Nicholson's going as well. Oh, wow. Well, it might be nice to meet him, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Go along. Have a look. Yeah. I think they're doing like live stuff there and all sorts of silly things. So um, I can't believe that it's still popular and still attracting people. I wonder what the demographic is. Is it just, (laughs) is it just people our age, you know, rereading these books and rebuying them? Or is it still managing to capture a, a young audience of, you know, nine and 10 year olds like I was when I got into it? I don't know. But it was, I remember at school, people who would not play Dungeons and Dragons or even be into that kind of thing were reading. Warlock of Fight Up Mountain. Yeah. Uh, it was so, su- such a big thing for boys. Yeah, uh, absolutely. At, at my school. I mean, my school was all boys, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's the same with mine. But I, yeah, but I don't remember girls being into it, but were there equivalent things for girls? I mean, well, there's no reason why girls, my, my sister used to play Fight of Fantasy, but yeah. um, a guy I went to university with wrote, a like you know i don't know what you call them what do you call those kind of books? choose your own adventure books yeah about um uh, it was uh, it was bound back to front so the front half was uh from the boy's perspective and the back half was from oh, the wow. girl's perspective and you just moved to london and you had to meet your love of your life and get married wow. and that was the uh, that was the book <clears throat> last i heard of him he was walking around uh, a lake in ulaanbaatar wow and I've never heard of him since <laughs> that's quite something <laughs> I don't know how you pronounce his name, John. Can you help me? I am Pai Pei, Chinese um, American architect behind the Louvre glass pyramids, has died this week. Um, most famous for those pyramids, which were absolutely reviled, or in uh, in France when they were completed in the was it the early nineties. Or mid eighties, can't remember when they started, uh, when they opened, but uh, they were kind of hated by traditionalists. Eighty nine, it says here. But I think they're absolutely stunning. Um, yeah, I think he did the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Ohio as well, uh, and he died at the age of one hundred and two. Oh, yeah, that's a good innings, isn't it? And not bad. So, how do you pronounce his name, John? I am Pay. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Um, it's very sad, I think, when um, these kind of giants of an architect of architecture pass away. You kind of it's one of those things where you look at kind of what they've done, and you automatically think what they they could still have done. I was going through the same thing with kind of Francis Bacon in my head, and mm. um, and then the reason that I started watching the Francis Bacon thing, I don't know why, but um. I was watching uh, Kurosawa's Seven Samurai. Yeah. Uh, I'd never seen it. I'd only ever seen the end. I've never seen it either. It's brilliant. Yeah. I only saw it last week. It's <laughs> yeah. absolutely, it's one of those things where I like, I just started gobbling up everything I could about his life. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, one of those people that when they went, when their light went out, uh, you know, it made a big difference in the world. And he did, you know, him being on the planet inspired so many people. Mm. And obviously the major thing is that, he was said to influence 
Lucas and Star Wars, wasn't yeah, it? His, yeah. uh, which is called The Hidden Tower, his film, which I started watching and I wasn't enjoying as much. But um, I didn't realise that the actor who plays, um, and I'm completely riffing here, so I can't remember his name at all, but he uh, plays the kind of the lead comic role in Seven Samurai. Yeah. Um, is, oh, what's his name? Torrenega. Torren, in, in, with uh, Richard Chamberlain in 1980. Oh, in Shogun. 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 It was the same actor. Yeah. Wow. So, so good. But yeah, I absolutely loved the film and the pacing's a bit weird because it's nearly, it must be three and a half hours long. It's a really long film. Um, but it's just so good. And you can see all of George Lucas's, what he stole. Yeah. Even the swipes, you know, the, the screen swipes. Oh, is that from Transitions? Yeah. Ah. Uh, where did you watch that? Is it on uh, a streaming service? BFI. Ah, okay. Uh, And I just did a week's demo and scarfed up as much. Yeah. You get seven, you get seven days. Seven days to consume as much as you can. But I think it's quite reasonable. I think it's 4.99 a month. Yeah. If you were really watching a lot of, uh, indie kind of style films. Yeah. Um, but you can turn it on and off as well. Handy. Yeah. Um, Sorry, completely no, no. digress then. No, I haven't got any more news like though. I've got one more thing and it's, yep. um, it's just a photograph that cropped up on Twitter. Now, the Twitter account is Davenant, uh, Sir William D. And he's a documentary photographer, writer, and he puts all sorts of really interesting stuff on Twitter. Um, lots about photography, lots about kind of social history and social documentary photography. Uh, and he posted this picture from um, the street, a street corner at World's End in London in 1954. And it's a Kodachrome by Inga Morath, who's an Austrian magnum photographer. And I just love it. There's it's a street corner and there's and a couple of people, I don't know, sign writers and there's a, double push chair outside with these two kind of sinister looking twins. And then you've got a storefront with all the amazing 1950s advertising. And it's just, yeah. there's something about the Kodachrome as well. It's got that kind of beautiful richness and it's just a fab snapshot of that time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the palette is, yeah. it's a fantastic photo. Well found. And um, really lovely. It, it kind of, again, with the Francis Bacon biography, it kind of, it, you know, he lived in that London. Yeah. And, it, and I find that really evocative. That yeah. that time is just so fascinating where you went from absolute sheer austerity to the 60s and, you know, um, I don't know, sort of glamour, mm. pop glamour. But before that period is this, isn't it? It's just, it's it looks so old, but it's so tangible. It's so close to what we are now. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's fabulous. Love it. It's crazy. That's, you know, however many years ago now, is that was 50, 65 years ago or something. Um, but only less than 20 years um, before I was born. It's, it's kind of that weird, when you kind of look at things back in time you, and you kind of look at where, how far distant that was from when you were born to kind of how Don't far Don't worry, Rob, we're heading, we're heading back that way in October. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, aren't we just? <laughs> Back to the fog and bad food. Yeah. Uh, have you got anything else news-wise? No. I can hear the oven opening, so oh, there's, right, a, that's good. there's a pie coming so, this way. Uh, in terms have you got of a, a, a website. website of the week? Mine isn't a website, it's a thing. Um, it's uh, My wife went to chichester with a friend and came back with this as a little gift. It's a, It was mm-hmm. a freebie. It's called the South Coast Journal. Mm-hmm. And it's a very wonderful piece of print, and it's lovely to see. It's kind of a uh, a magazine that looks at local artists and local um, creative types. It's self-funded. It's beautifully designed. Um, it's really well printed, and it's free. And, I like and, that kind of thing. Uh, quite I just, often, quite yeah, often I, those, those sort of local or regional magazines are... Are a bit awful. Oh yeah, um, our but, local you know. ones absolutely dreadful. It kind of it kind of stirred me a bit, you know, to maybe correct. I mean, we're really on the edge of their of where they're trying to um, appeal to. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's, it, it's I, I, hats off to them, you know, for trying to do something that is not only traditional but um, isn't trying to get attention or do anything other than 
you know put pleasure in celebrate life. that area as well there's a great article in there for example you know just an example they've got a guy called wayne osborne who's a sign writer um and it's just a, a long a couple of pages interview with him photos of his studio um you know why why he works where he yeah why he lives where, where he lives i love that um, kind of thing it's so good is it as all kind of as slickly designed as that cover that i can see on the- it's um <clears throat> i tell you what the contents page is has got some beautiful topography in it. Yeah. Um. The uh. The the only criticism I have is that their mar- their 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 gutter needs to be. Mm. It's a little bit tight. Tight. But um. Other than that, it's a beautifully designed thing. Um, oh, lovely. You know, you only have to get a newsletter from a from a primary school to uh, see the opposite end. Well, of I think design that there are so many of those. You know, talk about those regional or local magazines, that, and they all look a little bit like the lady. You know, they're yeah. all so old looking. Well, they're not even made locally, are they? They're just no. made in one place and then yeah. <laughs> find and replace. Yeah. No, this is truly, truly good. Um, yeah, good. So yeah, you can buy it. You can buy it. If you're, if you are local and you want, and you know a cafe or something like that, you can get in touch with them and they'll send you, I'm sure they'll send you some copies to give away oh, and spread the word about them. So <laughs> South Coast Journal. Lovely. Uh, my website of the week is uh, an article on the website of Reagan Ray, which I assume is a person, but I guess it could be a design studio. Uh, it's a Texan-based studio. Um, and it's an article uh, about airline logo, airline logos, airline logos from uh, mid, mid-century American airline logos. And it's just a page full of them. And they're fab. There's some absolute crackers. I mean, there's some god awful ones. There's some beautiful ones, and they really evoke that era, both with the design and the typography. But like with uh, with the Kodogram image, it's the palette and the print is uh, it's kind of both rich and limited at the same time. Yeah, and it's just there's some beauties in there. You can see where um, designers who love ephemera mm. get their inspiration. Yeah, from. it's very draplin. Yeah, you know, he 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 drool over all this. I mean, there's one called Martin Martin Air from Santa Ana in California, and that looks like a modern draplin logo. Yeah, um, and a lot of them, you, you know, you could imagine just repurposing some of these for, uh, I don't know, a, a cold brew coffee place or a, yeah. a hipster beard trimming emporium. Um, but they're, you know, they're just fantastic. Yeah. Really, really cool. Yeah, brilliant. So, uh, com, uh, and have a look on his, his blog. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, so you got a pie? Yeah, I've got, I'm holding it in my hand. Is this, uh, has it been in your freezer for eight years? I refused to eat a pie because we've got, I've got to go and cook dinner after this for guests okay. and stuff. But, um, no, I've got, I just said to, I uh, know I've got a, um, a co-op snack, what they call a snack pie. Yes. What I call like a mini, mo- mini pot pie. Yeah. Um, I had one when I did my South Downs way walk. Um, I took one with me, but it had obviously warmed up throughout the day mm. to room temperature, and it was really good. You know, after ten miles walking, that's it, it. delicious. Straight out uh, the fridge, they're no good. No, they don't taste of anything. So this one's been out of the fridge for about an hour. So I'm going to go in. Have and you got anything with this? Entirely, entirely. No, God, no, no. Um, are you mad? <laughs> uh, I, all I got was pastry then, huh? Okay. So any jelly? Mm, no, not in this mm, one. Disappointing. But the the meat inside is really nice. White pepper, really. Yeah. Yeah, really delicious. Um, yeah, it's good. I'm going to give that a six. Cool. That's, that's not bad for a little mini snack pot. No. Where was it from? Co-op? Yeah, little snack pot. Uh, I have got uh, from my favourite... Butchers, uh, Armstrong's in St. Margaret's, uh, a venison and red currant pie, mm. which I've never had from there before. Um, Steph, Steph was in St. Margaret's the other day and and brought me back four pies. So it's going. Oh, is it? Is this a hot one? Uh huh. Hmm. Good though. I don't know if I'd have guessed it was venison. It doesn't taste very gamey or kind of super richness. Um, but you do get a little kind of hit of sweetness from the red currant, which is lovely. 
Um, that's really good. Um, like all their standard pies with a chalk crust pastry. Very nice. Uh, that's going to get a 7.12. <laughs> oh, we've gone to the second decimal mm-hmm. point, yeah? Yeah. Right. Really are turning up. The, that's a good pie. <clears throat> yeah, pretty tasty. Is it a little deer, though? <laughs> Marvellous. Where's my symbol? Ralph? Fuck. Mm. Yeah, we, we, we seem to have shortened the show quite massively. Have and we? I think that's, you know, that's going to be a fillip to all of our listeners. Probably. It can only be a good thing. 53 minutes? Yeah. Blimey. So I'll probably get that down to 52. Yeah. Once we cut out your It's chewing. almost an EP. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's no bad thing, is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, we're talking of EPs. I've launched a new print with uh, Guy Worley. Yes. And we've done them LP size. So thought, nice. Thought they'd suit, um, you know, those, you can get 300 and yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever mil. Really nice. Frames. So um, I may actually buy some frames and sell them with, because they come with yeah. exhibition, what they call it, exhibition glass, mm. i.e. plastic. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautifully detailed print. I mean, it's gorgeous, isn't it? A sci-fi mind cockpit. Somewhere else. Where, how yeah. does he get all that in there? I don't know. Great though, love it. Mm. So yeah, if you uh, if you want to look for a present for your, your gran as well, you've taken her to the manga thing. Yeah, give her some British style illustration. Yeah, get over to AliPress.co.uk. Cockpit. Oh, yeah, and that's it. Marvelous. What are your plans this weekend, John? Um, probably working because my okay. wife's away next week. In she's in show time, so okay. I need to get as much done as possible. And it's half term and uh, bank holiday. Of course, yeah. What are you up to? No plans, which is nice. Oh, lovely. Mm. Definitely going to get out in the park uh, at some point. Excellent. Right, Wait. it's been a, uh, a marvel talking to you, John. It's been lovely, mate. Yeah. And um, yeah, I will uh, catch up with you probably tomorrow. And are you Absolutely. working at home tomorrow? I'll be around. Good, good, good. All right, fella. I'm going to get rid of this stinky beer. <laughs> good to talk to you. Thanks <laughs> right, for listening, you everyone. Take it easy. Bye. Bye.